All right, let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right, welcome everybody to episode number 13 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. Yes, he is, and I am Drew Brown. That's right, and we are here from Goulet Pens to deliver you this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show, where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. And no, I've still not memorized that, and I probably never will. In today's show, we're going to be talking about a bunch of new stuff that's coming out. We're going to talk about our go-to non-fountain pens, and a third thing that I did not list before I stopped taking the notes. So you'll just have to wait and see. This is what happens when I have a lot going on. I forget to finish out my notes in the beginning. But anyway, let's start out with feedback, shall we, Drew? We've got some feedback, Brian. So on the YouTubes, Chantal says that um, in response to your burger concerns from last week's show in which Mm. I talked about how I like normal burgers with lots of stuff on them and you like weird, plain, boring, sad burgers with just meat and bread. I just like Um, burgers with integrity. I like burgers that keep themselves together. Well, well, Chantal has a solution for you, Brian. She says, or they, I'm not sure, Chantal, I'm sorry, but um, Chantal recommends some sort of burger stabilizing device similar to, as they describe, a half of a Baby Bell cheese wax, which actually I got, I I know exactly what they're talking about. You know how Baby Bell little cheese things... Have, yeah, it's like the red, like waxy. Right, coating. right, right. But only, but only half of that. So the burger sits into this little cheese like a, like burger, burger cup, like a bowl or a cup. Yeah, burger. It's yeah, burger glove cup. Something. How does that? How does so, that solve? How does that solve this though? I'm curious. Well, well, you could eat the first half of the burger pretty perfectly because it's not gonna. You, nothing's gonna spew out of the back because. Oh, you're the, talking split it like, like okay, in the baby bell. You like rip it. Oh, I was yeah. thinking. I was thinking half the other way, so it was literally like, like oh, a bowl no. with like the bottom bun. No, I was no, like, the top would still slide around. Yes, it sounds no, like no. <laughs> the worst of all solutions. No. I see. You're talking yeah. about the other way. So it's yeah. like, I mean, when you get a burger that's like wrapped, like at like Red Robin or whatever, you know, it's like that's kind of how it's it's got it going on. Yeah, but 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 once you get that, once you get to half, all you've got is just wet paper. So what you if you right. had like an actual, you know, more rigid thing, you could kind of okay. turn it turn it ninety degrees, and then you've got. Hmm. You know your last little bit of burger. The okay. the, la- the last, um, you know, the last quarter of the burger would be a challenge to eat. Um, but uh, that at that point, yeah, but that's manageable. I can yeah. I can I can kill a quarter of a burger without setting it down or feeling like it's impeding my life yeah. too much. I just can't go into a burger knowing that I've got to commit the whole thing without being able to touch it or take a drink or go to the bathroom or yeah whatever or help but your kids you mentioned that and that's a real thing when you're, when you're out to dinner and you've got oh. two kids there they're gonna need some assistance for sure because if you're eating burgers they're definitely eating something messy too <laughs> exactly. so yeah so i thought that was a okay. good idea and i appreciate huh. that the viewing public is looking out for us Thank now you. i didn't Thank do you. any research as to whether or not something like this might actually exist maybe it does i, I mean know. so i'm thinking about like we're going on way too much about this right at the beginning i don't really care Welcome to the pencast. Um, I'm thinking of like five guys. They use aluminum foil. Like that's a pretty sturdy yet flexible, you know, you know, burger uh, holder. You know, so and uh, basically that's what you do when you eat that burger. So yeah, maybe maybe I just need to carry around some like aluminum foil. No, the thing with aluminum foil is that because it's not one piece, there could be like juice tunnels that sneak around. True. You know, you but, can't. Either that or you get the paper and then it soaks up the grease and then it 
tears off and gets on your burger. I so, think I that mean, the solution is what's uh, more important. Sh- the solution is Chantel's uh, Baby Bell hamburger wax. What we need is like a burger diaper that like keeps itself together but sucks up all the juices. Oh God. Okay, that's when we know we've I, taken I one. I think we're onto something here. Yeah, I think Bur- we're done. That is when we are done. Burger, burger diaper. diaper. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Anyway, um, also on the YouTubes, Colonel Sanders himself uh, wanted to tell us about how he stores his <laughs> cartridges because um, we have been frequently talking on the show about how to store full yet not actively used ink cartridges for fountain pens. Yeah. And Colonel Sanders here says that he actually takes one half of a rivet, the half with the little pokey end, okay. that has the same diameter as the cartridge opening, plugs the cartridge opening with the rivet, and then has a place on his wall with a magnetic um, strip of some kind, and he puts all of the cartridges affixed to the rivets on this magnetic strip, so he's got a huh. bunch of cartridges poking out from his wall. So I guess if you have like the exact right size rivet that fits in there snugly... You know, my my th- my thing is like if I had stuff like that on the wall, my kids would absolutely get into that and knock them all off, and they'd go all over the floor. So as long as they could be knocked off or brushed up against or whatever, and still the rivet would stay in there, I could see that. But if you have it like in a controlled environment, like at your desk or something, and you know nobody's going to be, you know, mosh pitting or whatever, wrestling and jumping up against the walls, then maybe you'd be okay. Yeah, that's I've a cool seen, idea. I, I've never heard yeah, that before. I thought that was really cool too. I've, and I've bought like a pack of small rivets from like a craft store or sewing store before. They, you know, you can get a bunch of them for not so expensive, and they're smaller. They feel like they'd be about the right diameter. So that's yeah. not unobtainable. I think that's a good MacGyver option. So uh, that's well pretty done. cool. Well done, Colonel. Yeah, good job, Colonel. Like your and then uh, and then finally, I mentioned last week that I was uh, playing through Chrono Trigger on the Super Nintendo, and I got a lot of fellow video game nerds out there. Shouting out Chrono Trigger. It's a really great RPG that uh, is in the hearts of a lot of folks. Um, nice. It's good to, good to know. Got some people out there. So yay That's for that. Awesome. That's fun. Um, so Lynn on YouTube directed us to the glorious Mark Rober squirrel video on YouTube after I had the run-in with that turd of a squirrel <laughs> that was wreaking havoc on... Uh, yeah, and, and absolutely, I know exactly what you're talking about, Lynn, because yes. uh, I've watched those videos many times <laughs> and found them very amusing because I, I felt exactly the way that Mark felt uh, when he made those videos. I was like, these squirrels are driving me crazy. And then, you know what? I watched those videos. I was like, okay, I can appreciate the squirrels. So actually, we had one other bird feeder that the squirrels just like, they just figured out every single way to get into it. So we call that now our squirrel feeder. And then the other one is the bird feeder. So we have like the bird feeder that I put the picture of last week with a hummingbird feeder over there. That's for that's for them. And then we find that if we keep another bird feeder, aka the squirrel feeder, over on the other side, then they tend to leave the other one alone a little bit more just because that one's easier to get into. But I tell you, they chew through some bird seed. Like we end up like it's like 5x, you know, squirrel feed versus bird feed. But as long as the birds get some, we're, we're in good shape. <laughs> yeah. You know, fun fact, I got to meet Lynn at the uh, DC Pen Show this year. Oh, yeah? Yep. That's awesome. He was, he, he was also the gentleman that uh, commented telling me that, you know, Fud Ruckers was going out of business. But, um, like all of them? 
No, I, I forget what he said. It was because they've been that, like they've been slowly disappearing. That was yeah something. It was one of the earlier comments, and he said something that broke my heart regarding Fuddruckers in some way, shape, or form. But oh, um, that's too bad. That's, well, that's like part of my childhood right there. That's okay. No, he, he's 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 a uh, friend friend of the show. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, it's always cool to get to meet people at shows, and you're like, oh yeah, they're like normally on the anonymous side of this thing. <laughs> like they're very familiar with us, but we you know just see letters, maybe a maybe a avatar picture um but to get to see people is pretty awesome there was one person that commented on youtube um last week after the or whatever episode it was after the dc show and um said they didn't come up and say hi because they were afraid that they'd be awkward or something like that so clearly they have not been paying attention to how i <laughs> conduct myself i was gonna say they, they hold themselves <laughs> to a higher standard than they hold us apparently i was about to say like yeah you try to find someone more awkward than drew brown yeah i understand the, the sentiment um, and then, uh, you know, related to, to YouTube, you know, stuff. Uh, so last week we posted a video, um, you know, we made it public on the channel, but it wasn't really like, you know, the, the normal video is like an intro, you know, channel video. So we've been talking about, we've had the, the tour video that we did Q and a 200, like years ago, we've had that as our intro video for a long time, but it was really long and didn't really explain anything about the YouTube channel. Uh, so we decided to do one intentionally talking about the channel and it was, two minutes it was not a big deal it's basically for new people that don't know anything about our channel that stumble across us you know when they go to our main page so they can kind of see what's up um but what it's turned into drew after at least the first 24 hours since we posted it was just like love fest in the comments about you know how much everybody's enjoyed our channel and how they you know have just been so influenced by you know, Rachel and I and the team and just the videos we've made and all that. And it was like, I had to double check. I was like, is this YouTube? Like, are these YouTube comments here? Because normally, I mean, our channel, we get a lot of love. Fountain Pen people are the best. But most other YouTube channels, you're not getting unsolicited just love through, you know, comments on videos like this. And I just thought that was really awesome. So if you get a chance, if you've been watching our stuff, you know, go check out the comments because they're really cool. Um, But also just leave some comments too, because this is like, a great introduction for people that don't know about our channel or about fountain pens. They will come across our channel, see this video and see all the amazing comments and it will just welcome them into the pen community. So go check it out if you haven't seen it already. Um, But I thought that Wicked Amoeba, uh, who has the most liked comment on all of them so far, said the unspoken rule for this channel, never watch this channel on payday. It's like a siren song for your wallet. (laughs) I thought that was... Well done. And, and, and that's a, that's a really good point about um, welcoming somebody into the community. That's that's because we have had questions Absolutely. on the show before about how do I you know meet new people oh, yeah. in the in the community? How do I you know approach like minded folks? I'm the only one of my friends who likes this hobby. But you know, yeah, the YouTube comment section is a is a place to go. And believe it or not, the YouTube comment section in the fountain pen world is quite different than the YouTube quite section. Civil. Yeah. Quite civil. Yeah. Not only civil, but delightful at, at, at very, many, very many times. Yeah. Y'all are the best. Y'all are the best. Anyway. All right. We got a bunch of new stuff to talk about. So kind of wanted to allude to it in the intro. Um, I'll kick it off, Drew, talking about... New um, stuff. New stuff. Yes. Two X. Brian. Uh, Jacques urban 1670 ink gift set is going to be coming soon, maybe in the next week or so. So they're um, five bottles mini bottles of 10 mil uh of each of the shimmertastic shimmery 1670 in colors so they've been putting one out every year for the last several years 
And, uh, you know, you can get samples of them and that's fine. If you want to sample them, we, we sample them up ourselves. You can do it that way. That's a little cheaper if you're just trying it for yourself. But if you wanted to have something a little nicer and more presentable, it comes in this little gift box, you know, that's got the whole packaging with the wax and everything on the lid and all that. And it's, just, it's it looks really, really good. Um, it's 55 bucks. So it's not like the cheapest thing in the world, you know, per milliliter, you're paying a little bit of a premium, but part of it's the packaging. So um, all of the inks are great. Jeron does a really good job with their ink colors. And I just thought it was kind of cool to have a nice little presentable package like this. Um, Pelican has announced their M1000 White Ray. So this is their baller raw rodden pen. Um, so last year they did the Green Ray, which was an abalone shell that looks awesome. And this was, this was my grail pen that I actually waited for for years. It didn't exist. I wanted an M1000, but I wanted something that was special. And this one was special to me. So this was last year's with the green and kind of uh, pink and, you know, uh, you know, well, it's mostly green and pink hues. Uh, really cool. Looks awesome. It's just like just rotting all over it. Uh, they are doing another one this year as a follow up with uh, white mother of pearl. So same exact pattern, but uh, a white and kind of pink and green uh, kind of iridescence to it as well. So I haven't seen this in person because it was just announced. There's a couple of stock images that we have up on our site. It's going to be medium nib only. It is not for the faint of heart. You got to be pretty committed to it. Um, we usually don't get a lot of these like hardly at all. So they are tough to come by. If you really want one, definitely jump on it wherever you can get it. Uh, if not from us, then somewhere, but it's coming some point in September. It's going to be $3,360. So it is a commitment for sure, but you know, it's a lot of handwork and it's a lot of just special stuff going on in this pen. So still awesome. much, still much cheaper than Brian's grail pen that he mentioned last week. Yeah, we like Googled. Uh, I found one for $40,000 on uh, eBay, the, uh, <laughs> the Namiki Emperor uh, Nightline. Yeah. So, so a comparative bargain. That. Won't be buying that one. But anyway, so yeah, you hang on to it for a while. Maybe it'll be worth that. Who knows? Uh, and then the other thing that I have is the Diamine Inkman calendar. So uh, they did one two years ago. It didn't last year. COVID disrupted them too much, but they did announce earlier this year they were going to do one. So we have it up on the site now. It's coming at some point in September. I would anticipate it's going to sell very, very quickly. It did on the first one. And then uh, I think the wait list is going to be pretty strong and it's going to really, really fly. So it's $110, which is, you know, an investment on, on ink for sure. Uh, but it's 25 different colors, 24 of which are in a 12 mil bottle and then uh, one full-size 30 mil bottle for the 25th day. So it's an advent calendar of ink. And uh, I believe they're all unique colors. I, ha I haven't, you know, t seen them in person for myself. Um, there are some spoilers out there if you do want to get it ruined for yourself. But if you want to be surprised, we did not post any of the actual ink colors up on our site. So we wanted to give you at least the opportunity to be surprised if you chose to be. So we'll have that coming at some point in September, probably, unless COVID disrupts things more, which it might. There you go. That's all I got. What about you, Drew? There we go. Well, it's not every day we get a new Aurora fountain pen to talk about, but we've actually got two to mention today. Um, neither of these are out now. They're both due sometime in September, we believe, but they're coming out with somewhat of a spiritual successor to the Black Mamba Aurora mm. 88, which was super popular. And this one appropriately named the Blue Mamba because it is a navy blue version of the Black Mamba. And it's navy blue right down to the nib. So it's a very cool would, looking pen. 
I would consider this a upgrade from the original version personally, but that may have some personal bias in there as my yeah, for blue. I, I, I definitely, I think the black one is a little bit better, but I will say I've seen black nibs before. It's not every day you see a blue nib. So it does kind of like get a, extra yeah. points for that. Yeah. So uh, we have pictures up on our site. Again, like Brian mentioned with the other, uh, with the ink vein calendar, we don't have it on in the house yet. So when we do, we'll obviously take some more pictures, but it's you know, good enough. You can definitely see what it's all about. So that one's going to mm-hmm. be uh, eight oh five fifty. So it's up there, but it's one of Aurora's special editions. And like the Black Mamba, it's not going to last forever. In addition to the Black Mamba, they're going to come out with another Aurora eighty eight or eight eighty eight or eight eight eighty 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 eight pen, depending <laughs> on where you're reading it or just how many. How, how, how well you're reading. I, I don't really know. But this one is called the uh, Trilobiti fountain pen. And this one is going to be the first of a series of clear pens with matte colored accents, including the nib. Again, like the Blue Mamba is going to have a blue nib, this one is going to be the chocolate version, and it has a brown nib to go with its all brown hardware. And it's a matte Mm. brown hardware. It's a very unique pen. I have never seen a pen that was a complete demonstrator with brown hardware. No, never seen that. Not sure how I I feel about it, Drew. You should feel good about it because it's more brown. Mm. So there you go. You know, sometimes... Things just haven't been innovated, and that's why it's never been done before. Other times, it's never been done before because it just isn't necessary, or it's not really something that people want. So, time will tell. Well, they're coming out of the gate strong. They're by, they might have other colors later, like some ugly blue or some disgusting purple, but they're coming out with their best foot forward, their best brown foot forward, mm. and they're making a statement saying, "Hey, it's brown time." So that one is at eight ninety five. So a bit step up from the old blue mamba, but uh, maybe there will be a brown mamba one day. A brown mamba. Why not? Why it not? Makes, we'll, makes as much sense as a blue mamba, I guess. Yeah, that's very true. So that's what Aurora. Uh, that's what Aurora is having coming out. There is okay. also a new pen from Mayora Italian Company, um, mm. led by the former co-founder of Delta, Nino Marino, who also operates Natuno pens. If you're familiar with those, so Mayora and Natuno mm-hmm. were cousins, brothers, stepbrothers, half brothers, something yeah. like that. Roommates. Yeah, <laughs> at least they've, they've both got the same dad, and his name's Nino. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, but Have anyway, siblings. so they're coming out with a pen called, actually, they came out with a pen. It's launching, um, if you're listening to this on Friday, it's list, launched two days ago. It but, has been launched, yeah. Yeah, it has been launched. It's called the Mytho K, and it is a larger pen. It comes in three different colors, a pretty much all white, pretty much all black, and then an orange and black. And overall, the pen is made incredibly well. I was super impressed mm-hmm. with this when I got it in the hand. Yeah. The amount of trim that is put on the pen instantly made me think, wow, this was a lot of time and effort that it took. You're talking- A lot of, a lot of different pieces and parts to get that-, that That's what I saw. Assembled. Yeah. That's what I saw mm-hmm. immediately. I'm like, there's a lot of separations in the actual pen and cap that yeah. translates to work, effort, time, and money. So um, it's a really impressive pen. It's got a 14 karat Yovo gold nib and mm. an internal piston filler, which isn't yeah. something that you see on every Mayora pen. It is something special. Yeah, most and of- it's, Oh, I was going to say, most of what they've done so far has been cartridge converter, both on the Natunas and the Mayoras. So that yeah. is kind of cool to see the piston coming out. So and it's one of those cool pistons, Brian, where when you meet a stop, once you've un, once the piston has come all the way back, it gives you that really satisfying little pop, 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 mm. pop, 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 
yeah. to let you know, like, hey, no, you're good. I'm all the way back. We yeah. can start. We, we can go now. So it's a really nice piston pen, and it also has beautiful, um, it has a gold vermeil trim uh, center band with mm. a lot of really neat engravings on there as well. And in yeah. the orange, sorry, in the white version and the black version, it has this orange acrylic in between the gold trim rings mm. on either side of the center band. It's really it's like a, detailed. It's like a Halloween Oreo. It's got that like orange cream like layer in there. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of. Okay. It's a really cool pen, though. So I, I suggest you check it out. The pictures look really good as well. Um, it's definitely something interesting looking and uh, really classy. Good move from Mayora. Yeah, that was cool. It definitely reminds me of the Delta Vita, uh, you know, which was Delta's flagship pen back in the day. Uh, feels like it's a hefty pen. I feel like this is a really good writing pen. I mean, it's not the kind of thing you'd want to, like, stick in your jeans pocket and carry around because it's a little too nice for that. But I feel like it's a pen that if you carried it around with you, you would be able to write with it all day and it would be very comfortable. It's going to be big, but not super heavy. It's got some weight to it to give you nice, like, you know, kind of like anchoring in your hand. You know, I think I find it's just a great like balance uh, between all these different factors of size and weight and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm a this bit, was I'm a this was the first Mayora pen that really wowed me i thought they were all nice mm. and i'm like this yeah. is cool this is a good pen you know and yeah, they, yeah. They've, they've done well but when this one showed up i was like oh wow so maybe yeah. you will be too i don't know let us know what you think awesome and good with stuff. that we can move on to the q a segment oh, heck yeah yeah well, i'll let you pick up the q a since you Let's have the first question here pick it up brian mm. HJQ4816 on Instagram asks us, what is your go-to non-fountain pen? I don't understand the question. I what know. Is a, what is See, a go-to non-fountain pen? Here's the thing. For, for, for over 10 years, we've done... I go to uh, the bathroom. We've tried really hard to just not go tell to Brian work. about other pens, and so far... It's been going well until HJQ4816 had to go and ruin it. Now we have to tell them that rollerballs exist. Uh, yeah. Well, we do have some rollerballs kind of hidden away on the site. Yeah, right we now, do. They're is... not so hidden. Retro 51 is a big <laughs> popular rollerball company that has big popular releases, and they are going to take my slot as my go-to non-fountain pen. I actually um, have mm-hmm. some here on my desk, and on the weekends I have two that I alternate um, between that I have little tiny rickshaw sleeves for each one, and I pocket one on Saturday and on Sunday, and I alternate between the system that uh, was exclusive to Mike Dudek's shop and the um, uh, uh, Discovery Space Shuttle one. Nice. So I use those a lot. Nice. I find that I don't want to actually use, like, the really, really collectible ones. Like, I've, I have the space ones, but I have not used, like, actively used them. Mm. Um, but I'm right there with you. I'm a big fan of the Retro 51 rollerballs. Um, and so that that's some of mine. I like the uh, Chopino, the one that's got the rodden chunks in it. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that one. Uh, I also like they did the uh, Stealth one. That's the SR71 inspired one. Uh, much as we've talked about before, how I was obsessed with the McLaren F1, uh, my plane of obsession as a, a youngster was the SR-71 Blackbird. Uh, and so that uh, that was pretty cool. That one came out. It's a slick looking pen anyway, but the fact that it was themed after my favorite childhood plane was 
would seal the deal for me. So I uh, will grab one of those. Um, also just the regular Pilot G2 rollerball. Like I have probably a million of these around my house, mainly because I have kids that grab, oh, that was my water bottle. Uh, mainly because I have kids that will go around and grab pens and leave them literally all over the house. I mean, I found pens in places that you would not even think that pens can go uh, because my kids just are all over the place, much like me. You know me, Drew. I kind of leave a trail around me wherever I go, and my kids do the same, if not worse. So um, we have probably, I don't know, no, no less than several dozen G2s that are laying around the house at any given time. And then when I can't find them in the cups anymore, we go around the house and we scoop them all back up, put them back in the pen cups, and away we go again. And the kids grab them and then they put them all over the house. And that's our that's how the Goulet household operates. Um, so that's pretty much it. Uh, but uh, I would say beyond these ones, it's never a go-to for a non-fountain pen. It's only a settle for a non-fountain pen, personally. Um, I have no go-to ballpoint. I have no go-to pencil, unless it's like... When I'm doing like woodworking in the workshop, I have like a certain mechanical pencil, it's like a zebra something or other. I don't know, it's a pretty thick lead. I'll use that, but I'm not like, I don't do it for the writing experience. It's purely just a utilitarian, you know, kind of thing. I use Sharpies all the time too. That's a go-to, but that's kind of different. You know, that's just like, it's a solvent marker that I just use to write on, you know, things that no ink will stick to basically. Yeah, that's so. like less writing and more marking. Yeah. I mean, like some people do bullet journaling and stuff like that. They'll use like the Tombow markers or use like the Sharpie, like fine points and those types of things. But I don't, I don't ever go to those for actual like writing on paper. I always pretty much grab a fountain pen or a rollerball when I have to. Yeah. Now my all-time favorite retro though um, is probably <laughs> the Buzz. I just this yeah? one was one. You like that yeah, one? I love it so much. I just think it's the a design, cool texture. The design yeah. is so much fun. It's well done. It's got the cute little finial with the bear on it. I, I just, I love this pen. This one's probably my favorite one. Even though, like, this unicorn one is magical. Um, and then that one's the cake, awesome. The Cake versus Pie is super popular. Like, we love that one. That's If you haven't seen the Cake versus Pie video, by the way, that one get, that one flies under the radar a it's bit. It's a super underrated video, especially for how much work we put into it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link that here. But um, You get to watch Rachel very intentionally smash my face into a cake. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Cool. I get my mom the uh, retro, the uh, garden garden gnome. Home, uh, gnome sweet gnome. Gnome sweet gnome. Yeah, she freaking loves it. And she carries it around with her and her and all of her like gardening friends. She's like the popular pen lady because all of her friends are jealous of her pen. So nice. that pen was like nailed it. I was like, I bet my mom will like this pen. And yeah, she definitely does. So that was kind of cool. All right. Next question. This is from Banuski on Instagram. What do you all think about the Lamy Gold Nib? And should I put it on my Ion? I'm assuming it means the swappable Lamy Gold Nib, the 14K, not the one that you have on the Lamy 2000, which you cannot put on your Ion. It only fits the 2000, just FYI. Uh, but the one that comes on certain studios, certain scalas and other things like that, they will often have a higher end version that has a gold nib on it. So, Drew, what are your thoughts? Well, Banuski, my thought is that it's a hefty price tag for an upgrade with just a nib. I mean, you're talking like you could yeah. buy, you know, a pretty pretty good pen for that price, maybe two. Basically a whole pen, yeah. Yeah, so my thoughts are either um, if you're expecting a, you know, incrementally big jump in writing performance, you're probably going to be disappointed because it's not in my opinion, worth that if you are solely looking to, you know, 
achieve a writing experience that many dollars better. However, the Lamy mm. Gold Nib is one of the best looking gold nibs out there, I think. And increasingly more and more, we're seeing fewer two-tone gold nibs out there. So I love the fact that it's two-tone. I think it is stunningly beautiful. And especially if you have one of the newer um, green ions, I think a little gold pop in there with that earth tone green would look nice. So nice. Nice. It would look nice. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think I was going to go with slick, but then uh, I'm like, yes. no, nice. It's nice, man. It's slick nice. and nice. It's slick nice. and nice, chief, buddy, <laughs> pal. That's right. Um, slick. Uh, but yeah, if you're just looking for writing performance, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah. I mean, we used to carry the gold nibs by themselves. It's, it's never been a regularly offered thing in the U.S. at least. Um, Lamy's kind of reluctantly sort of done it by special order before we did it it took so much time to coordinate and then restocking was just like basically not feasible for us because of how much it took for us to special order in the first place so you could tell it just like wasn't a part of the normal process i know you can get them in some places around the world you know and that's fine like it's just it's not the kind of thing that like you're like oh i really want just a lamy gold nib you know it's not something that we can easily get for you unfortunately um and when we did have it you know, it it was like $125 or something like that just for the nib. So like Drew said, it is pretty pricey. It's got um, a lot of diminishing we, returns. We we do carry them, Brian. Do we still have some? We, we may do. still have some left over from the initial. Uh, yeah, um, they're currently $100 and we have them in. $100, uh, okay. Extra fine, fine, medium, and broad in stock currently. I may be operating off old information there, huh? Okay, well, forget everything I just said. I'm clearly misinformed. We have them on the site, and they're hundred dollars, not one hundred twenty-five. So I don't know. I'll, I'll have to find out. Maybe we can add a lower third or something just to show. Um, once I ask Rachel, because she probably knows, um, and what the availability is for these things. Uh, so anyway, uh, so for me, yeah, it is. It is a bit. It is a bit pricey. Um, I personally am a big fan of the nib, though. It does write really smooth. It's got a little bit of bounce to it. It's one of my favorite writing gold nibs, honestly. Um, so if you really love the format of the ion, I would kind of lean you towards it because i just i'm a big fan of it just realize you're, you're paying a bit of a premium and that's fine um but it's not it's not that much more of a premium than if you were to get say like a regular studio versus a studio with a gold nib you're pretty much paying that much of a jump anyway so i would say like if you know for sure you're just going to use it on that pen go ahead and get just the nib and put it on that pen and live your best life if you think that you would want to have a whole other pen then you could get a different pen like a studio or something with that gold nib on it you could swap it and then you could have that steel nib on that studio or whatever so i, w- I would encourage you more maybe like look at a pen that already has a gold nib on it because you might save a little bit and then you get another pen um, but if you know for sure that you know that's what you want go for the gold nib I, I i'm i'm very pro 14 karat lummy nib personally um but uh you know Go for it. There's no reason you can't put it on that ion. Same feed and everything, even though the nib shape is slightly different. The like wings and the you know part that fits onto the feed and all that are exactly the same. So the nib will operate uh, successfully on the ion. Cool. Well said. All right. All right, Drew. Next one. All right. Um, we've got a comment here on YouTube from Welcome to the World with Sean, history mm. buff, history buff Sean there. Um, he says, okay, but hear me out. Subscription boxes. I know, I know, logistical nightmare. I can't begin to fathom the inventory and shipping issues there would be. But I think 
it would be really cool and I would definitely subscribe. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You guys are great. Well, we got thoughts, Sean. Um, for anybody that's been listening to us for many a moon, you might, uh, I don't know what this guy's doing. Trying to avoid here, but, this question because. Um, oh, he's hiding. Okay. I thought you dropped a water <laughs> bottle again. Yeah. So no. I don't know how many of you have been around for what, maybe six, seven years, seven, probably closer. Uh, I don't know if you remember the ink drop subscription wherein mm-hmm. we would send you random samples every month, but, uh, we do have some experience in that realm. We do. Ryan. Which is exactly, <laughs> thanks, Drew. Um, we do some experiences, just why we are not doing any other subscription boxes, unfortunately. Um, so, I would say this was a much hotter topic years ago, back when you like Birchbox and other things were like really blowing up five, eight years ago, maybe. Um, we had started a program called Ink Drop, um, so it was five ink samples or somewhere thereabouts. Um, we did it for four and a half years. We started it in 2010. I uh, did it for four and a half years. We have not done it for quite some time now. Uh, Drew is here long enough to remember what it was like to do it. And if you remember correctly, Drew, it was kind of a nightmare to manage on the logistics and inventory management and shipping and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember one time we had some guy that sent out like 100 ink drops um, using <laughs> priority mail instead of first class. So they cost yes. like, you know, four times as much. Yeah, we like batch batch printed out priority yeah. instead of uh, first class mail. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I can't believe you didn't fire him. I don't remember what happened with that guy, but uh, definitely gave him a stern talking to. It was true, by the way, but it's okay. It's okay. I think we were able to refund most of those. So yeah, I think we would. Um, anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it happens. So there's a, there's a lot of details like that uh, that happen behind the scenes. I think that most most companies in general that do these subscription boxes, um, it's more uh, befitting uh, for a company that has products that can be broken down into smaller you know sizes. So if you have things like cosmetics or you know foods where you can do smaller sample sizes hygiene products uh you know pet toys or treats or whatever you know that kind of stuff makes a lot of sense you can't really do much with a pen or a notebook or whatever ink you can break it into a sample but then there's tons of labor involved in that too so you it's it's almost somewhat of a wash so ink was the most logistical thing for us to do at the time which is why we did that but we had massive stock issues especially as the program grew um even though we were breaking them down into samples i mean there were some there were some where it was like 70 80 bottles of a given color and we tried to make it interesting so it was like colors that definitely did not sell that much so we'd have to coordinate it months in advance to the point where it's like not only the u.s distributor didn't have enough but then they had to get it from the manufacturer and the manufacturer had to make a special batch of some of these obscure ink colors so the planning was so far out but then the problem was the program was growing and ebbing and flowing and so we didn't know exactly how many bottles that we were going to need maybe six months out when we were planning it so i think if we like reconsidered it again I would probably cap it and just make it only a certain number of people can participate. That way we can plan accordingly. Um, and then we can plan it out in advance and we are not having to deal with the unpredictability of the future kind of element of it. So, I don't know, free advice there if you're looking to start a <laughs> sampling program of some kind, uh, consider doing it that way. But um, the whole variability of it was kind of maddening. Um, but again, even still with pens, that's really tough. People's pen preferences are specific in terms of colors and nib sizes. And, you know, pens can be a bit of an investment. There's only so many pens in the really affordable price range. So when you get up into the $50, $70, $100 pen prices, are you going to pay that every month, every quarter, whatever? 
I don't know. It's kind of tough. So it's definitely could be done. You know, I've seen, you know, a few others out there that have kind of done it, but it's, it's something that we haven't really like been quick to jump on. Um, I think that, uh, especially with the state of COVID and how much everything's disrupted now, it's like not even in the conversation. Like basically we'll just like laugh ourselves out of the room if we try to talk about a subscription program right now. Um, but, but mail has been so consistent and oh, oh, flawless, yes. Brian. Yes, absolutely. The mail delivery, oh my gosh. So there's so many factors that are outside of our control that make it basically impossible to have, create a good experience uh, with that right now that it's really not in the conversation. But in the future, maybe. I tell you what, let us know if you would be interested in paying $5,000 a month for a Namiki Makie <laughs> subscription box. <laughs> uh, yes, as long as we only get two members uh, <laughs> we, might, we might be okay with that and even then that's probably a struggle uh anyway so great in theory ideologically it sounds awesome but like anything else retail is detail and there's a million details to get right with a subscription box and most of them are not within your control so it's tough it's tough but you know appreciate the, the thought the prompt makes me appreciate that we're not doing it anymore at least um Okay, this next question, this is from Jade Twiler 77 What are some of the most underrated pens? We get asked this from time to time, Drew, and I think it changes constantly because you can have an underrated pen and then we talk about it being underrated and then people get experience with it and it becomes rated or overrated. Yeah. And then it's no longer an underrated pen. So it's something we got to revisit every now and then. So what do you think are some underrated pens du jour? Well, right now, I'm a little biased on this first one because it's on my wish list right now, and that is the Caveco Supra. And I really want one because I think it's fun. It, there's nothing else like it. You, you can basically change it from a full-size pen to a pocket pen, and there's no other pen that does that. I mean, other than just, like, capped versus uncapped. This one's different because it actually segments. So yeah. I think that's underrated. I think it's a it's a practical design. I think that it does something that no other pen does, and I think it should be recognized mm. for it. And I feel like it flies under the radar sometimes. Um, now, question for you, Drew. When you think, because I'm, I'm curious how you interpret the word underrated. Do you think underrated is something that like most people just aren't aware of and maybe should get attention? Or do you think it's something that people are aware of but maybe has features that you don't think are appreciated as much or maybe it doesn't have the reputation that you feel that it should as opposed to just being like unknown all of the above i think it depends on what yeah. it's being compared to like i think okay. that if okay. you're comparing like you know the lord of the rings movies and you say fellowship is underrated you could you know like obviously fellowship of the ring is one of the most famous movies of all time but when mm. you're comparing it to even more popular famous movies and you think just because the first one's boring it's underrated there's an mm. argument to be made there. So at that point, there's nothing unknown about it, but comparatively, it's underrated. Um, okay. They're like, so, but, they're like the third Expendables is underrated compared to the other. No, the, right? third, the third Expendables is rated. It is just as, it is, <laughs> no, that, you can skip that one. But, what about the third Godfather movie? Do you think that one is underrated? Ooh, no, I think that is also still as bad as everybody thinks it is. <laughs> I, I never saw the director's cut, but I mentioned it once on the pencast, and pretty much everybody in the comments was like, no, Drew, you're fine. You can leave it alone. <laughs> I was like, oh, so it's, man. So it's, so it's rated. It's just rated. Yeah, I think that was okay. rated. But Fair the enough. Supra, in my opinion, should be among Caveco's most popular pens, and it's not. 
So it is, that, a, it is a super cool pen, yeah. I will admit. So yeah. I, I think that they should be talking with that one just as much as they talk about, you know, the sport and the Lilliput. I think um, it's the price. You know, I think it just it's so much more expensive and it's got a number six nib where very, very few Quakos do. But so it's I, better. I, just, I think so, but I think it's just not what they're known for. So yeah. I think it's just kind of outside their kind of typical thing. It is. You know? It is. I think you're right. Um, another underrated brand that um, I normally wouldn't wouldn't get my hands on, but I did, and I was pleased with it, is Yookers. Mm. And Yookers y- is... Yookers? Yookers? Yeah. You cares. Yookers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so Yookers makes um, fiber-tipped pens. Um, they're not exactly felt because they're pretty darn plasticky and hard. Yeah. Um, we've, but we've, it, asked, but, we've asked them what that's made of, and they said it's made of yuck. It's the yuck. It's the yuck. <laughs> but is it is it is kinda, porous. Kinda so a, I mean, it's kind of a joke, yeah. But it's it's uh, a very it's, very rigid fiber tip. So it's it's more durable than a fiber tip because your typical very. fiber tip, I think about like the Sharpie pen, right? Like that, if you push on it really hard, it's going to like kind of crush and get all flat right. and spread out. And then you're like, no, this one, I literally t- in testing one of these, I dropped it on my desk to see what would happen. It just got shoved up on shoved up into the pen. Oh, so I've um, bent it before, but it, it doesn't like split apart like a fiber tip will. No. It just uh, or like a felt tip. It will just kind of like bend. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like a it's almost like a plastic rod. But yet things flow through it. I but it's genuinely porous. don't yeah. know how it works. Yeah. But it's effective. It works. It doesn't dry out super bad. I, I've used it with Bay State Blue in testing it. Like the mm. replacements are pretty affordable. So I think that that pen doesn't get, you know, it's not unpopular. I think it was actually surprisingly popular when we first picked them up. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I would say that Yookers falls into that category of being a little underrated. That's a good one. Do you consider that one a go-to non-fountain pen, Drew? It has I, not. Honest- it has I legitimately been, kind of forgot about that pen when when we had the right? previous question. There you go. So no, for me, it has not been a go-to simply because I dropped it, nib, yuck down, and <laughs> shoved it into the back of the pen. So um, you can get a new tip, Drew. I know. I need to get a new tip. I'm waiting. They're available waiting online at GooleyPens.com. <laughs> you don't say. Hmm. Um, and then my third, surprisingly affordable, cheaper than a nib. Anyway, absolutely. <laughs> uh, my third one, and that that's my my pick is the uh, Yuker's Metis, not not the Youth. I'm not a big fan of the Youth. They're too plastic. Yeah, the Youth me. is not very popular. It's no. the the Metis is the one yeah. that's that's Metis. the one that sells. Anyway, Metis. Um, the maybe it's Sa- Metis. I don't know. The Yuker's Metis. Matisse. <laughs> my third and final is the Sailor High Ace Neo. And at twenty dollars, mm. this is a great alternative to the Pilot Parallel if you're looking for an affordable, stub stub stubby pen. You know, we're talking like calligraphy nib on these things. Yeah, they're much more, um, I guess, aesthetically pleasing than the Parallel. Now, I love the Parallel, and I think I, I like the Parallel better than these. Well, but I mean, that's a matter of opinion, Drew. Well, I mean. The, they, I'm just kidding. The, these could, these like, can go in a traditional pen case, or yeah. they can clip inside of your shirt. In which case, the you know the, the parallel has a cannot, clip. Yeah, yes. It's got, it, not this weird like wave. It's a normal looking thing. fountain pen. And yeah. Okay. It's twenty bucks. It comes with everything you need to get started, and you can write with a you know big old one point five or even larger. So if you mm-hmm. wanted to do just some fun you know holiday cards or something like that, this is a great option for you. So. Yeah. I, and they, they write really, really smoothly as well. So I love these pens, and one. I don't think they get enough love. Fair enough. The highest Neo is like a relatively newer addition to us because we only started carrying Sailor last year, and it's all been 
you know, during pandemic time. So we haven't really been able to put like a lot of muster behind the High Ace Neo, but it's a very solid performing pen. Pretty pleased. Did you so, say muster or mustard? Muster. Muster. We, okay. Gotcha. We okay. also have not put mustard behind it. So <laughs> really either one applies. But muster was the one that I was uh, see. I often say, to say I often use that slang. Uh, it's uh, when we when my brother had Madden two thousand two or something like that. Um, the announcer, I'm guessing John Madden, if you if you threw a pass and it was too long or something, he said like, oh, he put a little too much mustard on that one. I'm like, <laughs> well, okay. So now that's whenever, pretty funny. That's whenever, probably what that, yeah, it's probably a play on words a little bit there. Maybe. Or maybe he meant to say muster and I just misheard it and I've been saying mustard all my life. Or, anyway. Hmm. What are you what are your underrated fountain pens or pens, Brian? Yeah, so uh well I guess that the question was not specific to fountain pens, but I I don't think that any non fountain pen is underrated because I think they all come below fountain pens. But um uh the Traveler's brass pen was on my list. That was my carry around pen for this past week, so I won't spoil that too much because i do want to talk about it more um but that is one that uh i'm a big fan of I, I fell in love with it as soon as it came out carried it around for quite a bit um and it's a very solid performing pen i think it's it's great i'm a big fan of it you know and, um, that always surprised me given the fact that you generally find larger pens more appealing absolutely i'll explain myself okay. more i, I when would we like get to know what review i would like to know what drew you to this pen so quickly because i remember when it came mm-hmm. out you were like i need one of these oh yeah yeah Interesting. okay okay i'm we'll eager to learn more we'll Continue. get there um yeah the platinum profonte and plaisir i think basically any platinum preppy kind of upgrade pen you know it's like they they don't sell anywhere near what the preppy does they nope. barely get the same love Granted, okay, yes, the converter is kind of pricey, and I think that's kind of, you know, crazy a little bit. But the Profonte, you can convert to an eyedropper, just like a Preppy. So you got that option, and so it's still very affordable even without the converter. Or you can just refill cartridges. Those Platinum cartridges are, like, friggin' thick. I mean, they will not wear out anytime soon. So they work really well just for refilling with a syringe. And they're pretty good in capacity, too. So that's a good option as well. Um, the Plazier, okay, I can understand that's not everybody's taste, but you get some of those like ombre ones that came out, they look really good. And I just, I don't know. I just, I definitely feel like the Plazier has never gotten the love that I would have thought. Cause when you look at other pens in that like $20 price range, like what else are you getting? You know, there's some good ones, but like, there's a lot of stuff that's just not nearly as nice looking, not nearly as well built. And that's such a solid writing thing. I think it's because it's got the same guts as the preppy that everybody looks at a plazier and they're like $20 for a dressed up preppy, you know, but I'm like, okay, if you can, you like get that thought out of your head, you're actually getting a pretty decent pen. So, um, you know, I think it's worth a second look. Um, the pilot Explorer, that one often gets overlooked as well. That one can fit a con 70. You can eyedropper it. It gets a big incapacity. It is a little light. So I will say if you prefer heavier pens, it can feel cheap in your hand that I do understand. I think that's pretty accurate in terms of how people feel, but it's a relatively affordable pen. And I think it's a good alternative. If you don't want something as metal and kind of heavy as a metropolitan you're still getting the same nib and great writing capability with an even greater incapacity in the explorer so i don't think that one gets enough love and they got some cool colors uh, the pilot varsity does get some love but i don't think it gets nearly enough love as it should given how inexpensive that it is 
it actually can be refilled. It's meant to be kind of a disposable pen, but you can basically just rip the guts right out of the thing. You can just kind of grab the nib and like yank it right out and it'll pull that whole feed and everything right out and you can refill. It's basically just an eyedropper pen. So you can actually kind of clean off that, that section there. It's like a, it's like a wick feed, you know, uh, that, so it's, it's a little unconventional, but it's like under four bucks and, and the nib itself is so smooth. It's a little springy. Like it's actually a great writing experience. So the fact that you can, you know, use it disposable if you want to, but then you can refill it and basically, you know, keep on using it. It's a, such a great pen. I'm surprised that it's just not recommended as like more of a go-to starter pen. Um, and then the last one I have, this one does get some love. I debated about saying whether this was underrated or not, but I still probably feel like it doesn't get as much love as it should, the Pilot E95S. So it's a one of the most affordable gold nib pens out there. Very cool form factor. The feel that you get, if you like, and Drew, you and I both have like that enjoyment of the tactile feel of just a nice cap. Like the the how smoothly that cap just slides on and off that pen it's like nothing else. It's not a, it's different than like the arrow. It's not like this snap thing. It's like this glide on. And then it just kind of like comes to a nice stop. It doesn't have like a snap or anything like that. It's just, but it's got this nice long travel. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, and the nib itself writes great. It's got some line variation to it, a little bit of flex. So I think that it's still just like not on most people's radar. It's got this like vintage kind of look to it. So E95S, I'm, I'm very much a fan. Dang it, Brian. Now I want that one too. <laughs> it's that, that or it's 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 the Supra and that one now. I like that, those. That maroon, that maroon and ivory. I like, would get that one. I wouldn't. Trim. I wouldn't get oh, the black one. I would get the maroon and ivory. That's the one I chose because I was like, yeah. okay, the black one does look good. Normally not. I'm not like usually in love with like black with gold trim because it's just so done. But that one, the trim is a little bit different. It's got like some more like pinstriping type trim on it. Um, it does look classy, but that ivory and maroon just stands out, and it looks absolutely. So, it just looks so good. Big fan, big fan. I really wish Pilot would bring back something in that form factor. You know, if mm. like either another E ninety five S or another pen that has that look, kind of like you know the mm. uh, the, like the M ninety. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, something like definitely that. Definitely bring back the M90. Or, or so, something in that realm. It doesn't have to be, you know, the the yeah. the, bo- the um, full body nib or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But so, something with that form factor. I think that there's yeah, there's it's like enough that, people that it's would like appreciate that, that pocket pen. Well, they had like the Stargazer. You know, that was a smaller pen, but that was. Oh, a little I want different. one of those too. God, I know, I know. They discontinued those. We, I know. I, I wish we could still sell them. They were the Stargazer was another one I would have said was underrated back in the day. They it were was. okay. They were never I love that the popular. They were good looking pens though. And those capped really nicely as well. Those caps. Mm, talk about good snap caps. That Stargazer was pretty delightful. Choice. Pilot's got some good snap caps. They do. Say that. Anyway, the Prera. That's a good cap. Mm. Mm. That's pretty good. Anyway. Next question, Drew. All right. Brian, did your parents or grandparents use fountain pens? Mm-hmm. Any memories of them? Uh, my parents and grandparents probably used fountain pens. I know my parents did because they told me, but not until I'd already started this business. They never like introduced me to fountain pens, literally never heard the word fountain pen growing up in my entire life. My neighbor didn't have any, they don't still have any. They like used them in basically like primary school when they were learning handwriting and stuff. 
and then they never thought about it again basically and never used them again much like you know anyone in the kind of baby boomer generation in the u.s um probably experienced a similar thing my grandparents they were like immigrants with just huge litters of children so there was like they had they had nothing to their name basically at all so there were no like collectibles or anything that was really passed down through my family because like both sides were um you, you know immigrant u.s uh they were all French Canadian. My family's all French Canadian heritage. So um, really there was nothing. And my grandparents, are, they were very, you know, my parents are both from large families on like the younger side. And so my grandparents were much, much older than most. And they've been gone for many years now. So um, even by the time where I was, had like a real relationship and a memory with my grandparents, it was much later in life. And, um, you know, now there is no opportunity for that because they are all gone. Not to like totally bum everybody out, but um, no, there was no, no lineage of any kind of fountain pens in my family, unfortunately. But on the plus side of that, I think that that has influenced me in a very good way because I came into this world completely blind and ignorant basically a total noob and that very much shaped my early fountain pen experience and really gave me like a cold splash of water in the face in terms of what your average person who's never experienced a fountain pen is going to face when they try to learn how to use a fountain pen so that's undoubtedly influence quite a bit the content that we put out the approach that we take being very kind of like introductory focused um, especially in the early days lots of you know basic videos about how to use fountain pens and clean them and all that kind of stuff fountain pen 101 series and all that um, still drives us to today because just the joy of introducing somebody kind of into this world i mean going back to the comments that we have on the intro video on the youtube channel that is so just befitting to what we have strived to do for the last 12 years is introduce this wonderful world to as many people as possible who are interested in stepping through that wardrobe uh, into Narnia of our fountain pen world here. So, um, you know, while I have no lineage of fountain pens kind of throughout my family, uh, I guess now I do because I'm passing it on to my kids. So I'm starting the lineage. So it's all, it's all got to start somewhere. But That's right. Drew, how about you? Um, well, you know, obviously my grandparents used them in school, but I, like Brian, no one even, no one mentioned that to me until after I started working here. My grandmother mm. found some old Schaefer cartridges that she had and, uh, an old Schaefer bottle, I believe. And, uh, I bought her a Twisby that she enjoys sometimes, but then reminds me, Hey, it dried out. Come help me again. Um, it didn't dry <laughs> out, but like she emptied it and the ink's been just, you know, sitting in there and. Oh, so help. like like Brian style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't so, want to clean it, so she lets it yeah. sit around and crust up. My my grandfather, however, like he only he was one of those grandfathers that kind of lived in his garage, so he would only use his exclusive writing instrument was a stumpy little uh, pencil that was clipped to his trucker hat with a IBEW electrical you know workers union <laughs> clip. <laughs> um, I could, yeah, it's like the same thing. And he would never write on paper. He was in his garage, so he would either write on the wall or on a two by four that he had next to him, or ripped some up a piece old of cardboard, cardboard laying on. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it was. He, I've, I don't know if I ever saw him write on actual paper. Um, huh. So there you go. it was again. It was marking. It wasn't really writing. He's like trying to explain something with a shoddily drawn diagram of some sort. Hmm. Um, my mom at one point had a calligraphy set. Um, it was just kind of like something you'd find at a craft store with a couple little 
Um, like a dip dip pen kind of thing? No, I think it was actually a fountain pen because I remember like a Schaefer, like a Schaefer calligraphy set kind of thing. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I remember it having cartridges in it and I remember I tried to use it once and couldn't figure it out. I probably just wasn't patient enough to let the cartridge flow through the feed. And I was like, this thing, this thing doesn't, this thing doesn't work. I've intentionally bought some of those before at like craft stores and stuff like that. They're, they're basically terrible. They're like some of the worst writing experiences that you can have. It's like such an awful way to introduce somebody to fountain pens is those, you know, kind of like $20 calligraphy sets with like all the different like grip sections on them. And yeah, that's exactly what this was. So this was probably like 91 or something like that. I got my hands Mm. on it. I thought it was really cool. I'm like, Oh, can I use this? She's like, Oh yeah, no, I never really figured that out here. You can have it. I'm like, Oh boy. No, this sucks. Threw it away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. This is this crap. You're not alone there. Yep. That's that's the experience that a lot of people have with fountain pens. They're like, oh yeah, those things that write terribly. It's like, no, that's not the right introduction. And then they're like, oh, this is actually yeah. is kind of awesome when they yep. write with a proper one. Yeah, cool. All right, well that's Q and A for you folks. Thank you so very much. We really appreciate you responding um, to my poll on Instagram. So I'll usually put one of those up every two weeks about, and uh, we really do appreciate you jumping on Instagram and uh, throwing us out your questions. They're really fun to answer. Yeah. Brian, would you like to move on to the hypothetical? Yeah, you kind of alluded to what it might be about. So I I did. Hmm. Kind of alluded. I wonder if that prepared me better, or uh, you know, if it's not because it did clearly didn't because I actually don't remember what you alluded to in the first place. You were just talking about being miserably hot and sweaty. So. um, Oh, okay. All right. This one. This one is uh, somewhat outdoors related. So. Hmm. It's a. It's a. Would you rather, Brian? Okay. I'm would ready. you rather would you rather live in the world's most luxurious mansion but located in a virtually inhospitable environment such as a desolate area of Canada's northmost territory where mm. it never gets above 20 degrees Fahrenheit mm. or so remember that luxurious mansion we're talking about okay. theater little bowling alley you know everything the, it, the most fancy house you can dream of but in the okay. worst environment possible you basically can't go outside unless you want to like risk life or death but but inside the house is like temperature inside controlled? oh yeah delightful delightful yeah inside okay so it's not like um, the house is 20 degrees and no house like... is wonderful house is, okay. is like a, a mecca of you know home home but it's science. like a but it's more or less like a, a an oasis like a little a little yeah a, a, a little prison yeah like, you, oasis. you'd basically it'd be like okay. a mansion in the middle of some 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 research facility in canada where no one actually lives but there's some people okay. like s- studying you know penguin carcasses or something um so and then the 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 other what if is or you can live in the location of your choosing you know be mm. it the most serene wonderfully temperate area on planet earth mm-hmm. but you would live in essentially like a tiny little container home with uh only the barest of amenities like plumbing electric and then a, like a nearby library with internet access but you would not have uh internet or wi-fi in the actual container um Ooh. and in, in this scenario uh procuring food and other items is equally accessible in both areas via delivery so like that's that okay. should not be a factor you can give you wanted to order something you know you know food and you know or a some some little you know tchotchke device thing you could you could mm. get it equally the same but you wouldn't want to like walk to any nearby locations in the first scenario because you might actually perish but uh in the second scenario if you wanted to go to the you know little it'd probably it'd be a small village somewhere i'm, I'm guessing mm. or anywhere you want it could go it could be anywhere but it would be the uh tiny tiny sad 
So oh, really, really nice interior, really terrible exterior versus really nice, no, really terrible interior, really nice exterior. Not, not necessarily terrible interior, just subsistently S- minimal. Yeah. Like, like thorough, like very, yes. very uh, walk in the woods. There we go. Yes. Inspired. Yes. Okay. So a couple of follow-ups here to the hypothetical. Of course. That, I would that expect may nothing sway less. me. So in this scenario, am I like with my family? Yes, yes. And like the people that I care about, like is the mansion house, like would I have enough room to like bring extended family and yeah, yeah. that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. If they want to come out to that research facility and the- But they would have to like know. be on board with being in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Basically. Okay. In scenario two, am I allowed to like build my own- add-ons to the dwelling like Mm. or do i have to stick with the small dwelling no you have to stick with the small dwelling oh wow this is a really tough question drew honestly most of what sways it is not actually related to the house itself it's like am i near like the people and like i mean undoubtedly i thought about like oh what if we moved to colorado or something but it's like well we have gulay pens and the business and my family and all that like moving is Moving out of town is really not even a thought for us in any practical manner. Well, so let, like, let, let, let's say the business moved with you just so that you could eliminate that as, as, a, as a restraint. Like either so I'm way, you and everybody else move with yeah, me. Yeah, well, e- either way, you're moving. <laughs> I'll, extra- so. I'll extract myself out of yeah, that. Yeah, either Part way, you're moving. I would probably have to say I would go with scenario two because I'm pretty flexible when it comes to dwellings. Um, so you would granted, like the ability to go outside and yeah, do like I, I, I would be a little more of like that. I could have a, a humbler house, but if the, the outdoors was really nice, I could see having like, whatever you're on a hammock and it's really temperate. The, the real key would be bugs because we're both Rachel and my kids hate bugs. Well, you can, this is your choice. So this so is you a, can, you this is do, a no bug scenario. I'm sure you can find someplace on the moderate, planet then Rachel and the kids and everybody would be much happier. Yeah. That like would you be, go to like Bora Bora or something like that, someplace in the yeah, Caribbean. That would, I would I would choose scenario number two. That's surprising yeah. given, you know, yeah. the the amount of icy pops you would need to consume. Well, it, it, we're talking about like <laughs> temp, temperate here, not necessarily hot. Oh, that's like, true. That's true. I guess I was I talking, I was thinking yeah. like Caribbean beach. That would be warm. So what, what would you, what would your most temperate, temperate perfect environment on planet earth oh, be? Oh gosh, huh? I have no idea. Well, we already talked about this before. I'm more of a mountain person than a oh, okay. beach person. So that's true. that's true. I'm thinking like a mountain lake type of thing, but that's, mm. you know, close to things. Cause like yeah. Rachel would, Rachel would want like restaurants and, yeah. you know, a target nearby. Mm-hmm. I would need to be within 10 minutes of a Home Depot and Rachel needs to be 10 minutes within a Target and then we'd be fine pretty much anywhere. Yeah. I think I would probably go with scenario <laughs> one, which probably doesn't surprise you. Yeah? Well, you don't really like the sun, so I mean, you'd probably well, if, be very that, happy. This, this, this house <laughs> seems like it would have everything. Like, Yeah, but you're in the middle of nowhere. Like, But, but if it had like a, if it had like a, um, a greenhouse, you know, with like some good solar lighting i could have some plants i could grow some veggies there i I guess it could have like pretty much whatever you want right yeah i I don't need to go outside i can get somebody to fly me in some some you know cheerios (laughs) i don't know (laughs) is is that like your dream scenario cheerios and some (laughs) some spam i don't know yeah Uh, Mm. Mm. okay Okay. cool good combo yeah yeah good question though well there you go 
That one's um, a brainer. You made me think on that one, Drew. Yeah, good, good, good. Some yeah. uh, some folks in the comments have mentioned that they like to answer some of our hypotheticals in uh, journal entries every now and then. So oh, if, neat. Uh, okay. if you are looking for something to write about, there are worse things, I'm guessing. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. Maybe and, and hey, you know what? Why not? If you're also on Instagram, post about your hypothetical journal entry and tag us on it and we can interact with you a little bit. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, and maybe maybe you can prove me wrong why I don't want to live on a mansion on a some sort of, you know... I'm picturing like a Bond villain who's like... Basically, up the, yes. Up on the top of a mountain in this like elaborate, you know, compound of yes. some kind. He's like, Brian, you should come <laughs> visit me in my mansion. Oh, hi, Drew. Why do you have a scar on your face and a shaven cat? Like, Why oh, are this... diamonds impregnated in your face? This is my life now. Did prepare you, to did die you, did you blow up near a diamond mine does that happen um <laughs> ha 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 funny alligator pit <laughs> <laughs> all right brian <laughs> it's time to take a trip back to last week all right when we decided to focus on using one pen almost exclusively for a week yes return here and talk about our experiences this yes, was a this, new thing. This was your idea. This very thoroughly planned and well thought out idea uh, to more or less spontaneously. Spread. I, I I don't even think that I mentioned it to you before we nope. started. Uh, it was during the PenGas last week where I was like, "Hey, uh, would you be willing to do this, Drew?" So I kind of put you on the spot. So you're a good sport. Um, so yeah, I thought we would just uh, go over the pens. We've been carrying them around for well five days. Well. No, I guess technically a week because we recorded this Wednesday last week. Um, you know, and since we chose our own and didn't go with some ideas that were posted after the video went up, we actually got a full week with it. So um, we can remind everybody of what our choices were. So I chose the Traveler's Pen, which I alluded to earlier. Um, I had previous experience with the full brass one. This is the factory green version, which is kind of a special edition type of thing. So I wasn't sure how I would like the green because... Part of what I liked about the brass was the patina aspect of it and the essentially the don't have to really worry about beating it up-ness of the all brass version, which is part of what I liked. So I guess I'll just kind of roll into it, huh? Yeah. So um, it is not the typical type of pen, as you've alluded to, Drew, that I am probably known for carrying around. Um, I generally like slightly larger pens. I generally like pens that, you know fit my hand um, i mean that thing is the size of your thumb <laughs> it's very tiny especially if you just have this portion of it um i will say a couple of times i was trying to write something down real quick and i use this part and i was like oh this is a whole bunch of nonsense like <laughs> i can't i mean literally it's like not even it's not even possible to no. like really get up in there so i had to i had to almost kind of like hold it like this and kind of like scribble with it. I felt like I was like scratching it with a stick. Um, but uh, so yeah, you basically have to post this thing, which is super easy to do. It's just, it just slides right on the back and it's actually quite enjoyable. That's one of the things, you know, me Drew, just like you, I'm a, I'm a fidgeter. And if the fidget factor is very high on a pen, that's like instant credibility in my book. Um, so the things that I love the most about it are really the form factor. Um, because it definitely falls into that like pure pocket pen category. Like I would not want to write a novel with this pen. That would be, you know, not so great because it's a little thin for my taste. And, um, you know, the fact that it has to be posted basically to be usable, you know, it's a little bit heavier. So I can imagine if you're writing with it for a long time, 
maybe not the most enjoyable thing. Um, I personally, I love the fact that it patinas. And, and I've just been carrying this around the last week. It has patinaed quite a bit. Um, and I did not hold back. I carry this pen with me everywhere. So I clipped it into my cargo shorts, which I wear exclusively this time of year. And I mowed my lawn. I completely dismantled a metal carport in like 95 degree heat. It took me about seven hours, but I did it all with this pen in my pocket. And uh, so I did not baby this thing. I threw my keys in my pocket and just everything. And the green finish held up perfectly. I was worried I would scratch it or whatever, but I didn't didn't really hold back. It definitely held up at least over a week. Um, got plenty of patina though. I think the fact that I was basically sweating through my entire outfit on nearly a daily basis over the last week, plenty of like sweat and hand oils and everything got all over this pen. But I actually really like that about raw brass pens. I do not generally polish my brass pens. I just let them go to the elements and I find that appealing. So that's a personal choice. Another thing I really like about this pen is the fact that you can undo this little topper. So it's got like, a, I guess you can attach a lanyard or whatever. I don't do that nonsense, but some people like that. That's cool. So you can take that thing off and that's just like extra fidgetness right there. Pretty yeah. much is the only thing. I guess if you don't want to clip at all, you can just like, take it off. I don't really see the point of that because it's a very unobtrusive clip. So that's kind of neat. I love to just kind of fidget around with it. Um, in terms of actually filling and, and using the pen, um, I first tried it with a converter because believe it or not, Drew, I actually couldn't find a standard national cartridge at my house because I don't use them very often. I use converters for basically everything. Really couldn't find a cartridge. I had an empty cartridge that I use sometimes like fit in pens and stuff like that. So I had one empty cartridge, so I had to fill that. So I used um, Sailor Manyo Konagi, which is a nice blue ink, very conventional, nothing crazy going on with it. Flowed great. I clearly didn't use a ton because it's still mostly full, um, but it works really well. I didn't get any leaking of any kind. I got a little bit of like splatter on the nib, maybe a little bit of just like it dried out a tad, but it still writes perfectly fine. Do you find that some of the does some of the splatter happening if you like uncap it really quickly and cause that pop? I don't think that's it. I think no. it was the fact that I was like up and down off a ladder in ninety five degree heat. That like could also have a, a metal carport. Yeah. yeah. So that I think was uh, that had most of it to do with it. But it's really just like it's it's really not anything at all. Um, pen has inked up and just started right away. I love the way this pen writes. It's a fine nib only, so it doesn't have a lot of nib size options. Um, but it's one of the, it's such a great writing pen and it writes really well on basically whatever kind of paper and stuff that you need to. So the fact that it only takes a standard international short cartridge um, may seem like a hindrance, but seriously, the thing sips ink. I mean, it just lasts forever. So um, it's really not a concern. I wouldn't eyedropper this pen because it's metal. Um, that can cause you some problems. The ink could react to the metal a little bit, um, you know, over time. It's not like it's gonna blow up, but you'd be fine uh, for a little while. Um, and then uh, I tried fitting the like Kaweco mini converter in there. Yeah, you can only fit like a third filling on a mini converter. So it's like, no, you, you basically have to use a cartridge, either, you know, a new one or refill it. So overall, I mean, the pen's, what, around 80 bucks or so. So it's not like the cheapest thing in the world, but in terms of like really solid carry around pens, and again, I used to carry around this 
pen in the all brass version well over a year clipped it in my pocket carried it with me everywhere i went um so the the original question that you had for me was like this isn't the pen that's normally my thing why do i like it so much yeah, what, what what immediately drew you to it because you you were drawn to it as soon as it I was. I think, you know what it is, what it all boils down to for me, it's a very reliable writer. Like the actual writing experience for quick things is very enjoyable. Um, And it just starts up right away, no matter how much you abuse it. So for me, it's kind of like, it's like having a pocket knife, right? So like I keep a pocket knife, like clipped into my shorts. And then I just really don't think about it very often. But when I need it, I'm like, oh yeah, I have one on me. So that's why I like it. It's not because I'm going to like, you know use it all the time or whatever but it's like if i have another pen i might use that pen but it's like if i'm around and about and i'm like running an errand or something i'm like do i have a pen on me it's just always clipped in there it's always ready to go so i like it for that aspect of it and because it's so small so durable it's like clipped into my pocket and like my like my pocket knife i really i don't notice it much it's just kind of always there and in that respect, you may want to be careful about that because you could leave it clipped into your pants and like wash it. Um, so you do have to like sort of think about that a little bit, but it's not like you're walking around and you're like, when you sit down, you know, sometimes if you have a pen in your pocket, you sit down and it's like pressing on your leg and it's like sticking out of your pocket. You, you literally just don't even notice this thing is there. So it's unobtrusive, reliable, always there. Yeah. All those aspects. It's, that's it's awesome. very I, very utilitarian in that respect. Yeah, I will say that sometimes when I'm carrying my uh, retros in my pocket, they can kind of be pokey a little bit. So. Yeah, right? Yeah, most yeah. pens are because, you know, you get something, it's really more about the length. And when you get something that's a certain, like, width, you know, if something's like five, five and a half inches long, you know, 10 millimeters in diameter, it's, you stick that in your pocket just like a phone, you know, like yeah. you're going to feel it unless you're like me and you buy you know, shorts that specifically have like phone pockets down by the side of your leg, then you don't feel them in your pockets. But that's me. I buy shorts specifically for the cargo, cargo carrying capabilities, which makes me weird. But you're very this, practical, Brian. This this pen fits that lifestyle. So yeah, no, you're like not weird. You're very practical. Very yeah. So you, it, you it, buy it, things with a purpose. <laughs> I try to, even if that purpose is loosely justified. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Cool. Um, All right. How the, about you, Drew? The pen I have been carrying around was a acquisition from the DC Pen Show, which was the Sailor 1911 Pen of the Year for 2021. Ooh, so it's this okay. beautiful burgundy, sparkly situation. And so the, the the model, the the format, size of the pen is consistent with the 1911s, right? It's not like it's not like the 110th anniversary pen where it's like this really different design. No, it is a so straight is, up 1911, but yeah. it just it says but like 20, the color, the trim, and all that is what yeah. makes it unique and special. It says okay. 2021 on the center band, which is pretty cool, mm-hmm. and it is an extra fine, which I love, especially for Japanese nibs. Yeah, and the only other sailor I had up until this point was one with a Sabitogi nib, and that is oh, and that's like a whole different situation. That was that was a uh, Nagahara grind actually. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it was. It's a pretty pretty cool pen and it's an older pen you know uh so i i i'm very very proud to have that but it is not you can't, the, you can't really be like flashing that around here too well, much because then everybody's it's also, gonna be like well i can't get one of those that's not fair yeah it's also not an everyday writer at all so mm. um i mean it is i mean you i write really small basically the smaller the nib the finer the nib the smaller i write just because that's just to me how the 
pen wants to be written with. So I adjust yeah. the size of my writing based on the size of the nib. So I write pretty small with extra fines. So overall, I just, I was, I obviously already was excited about using this pen, but the extra fine sailor um, 21 carat was a dream of a nib. I had a ton of fun writing with it. It produced an extra fine line, but not at the sake of any sort of, um, flow starvation. I've written with some pens, platinum, for example, that when they get down to those really, really small nib sizes, the flow seems to pull back a little bit just, you know, to give you that extra, extra fine line, (laughs) which I appreciate. But I like an extra fine that's a little more wet. And this one gives me that. So I Mm. really appreciated that. I had a ton of fun writing with it. As I said, it uh, never dried out, had zero hard starts, um, even after the weekend, because I did leave it in the office over the weekend. I didn't bring it home. Okay. Um, And on Monday, you know, wrote wrote it just fine. Now I will say I didn't write any more than like an A5 page. So I didn't go on any super long writing sessions. But I mean, you know, Sailor, those those things just don't dry out. They Mm -hmm. simply just don't Mm -hmm. do it. And I did learn that um, this I post every single time. Hmm. Um, I you don't just, have to. Um, I mean, it's, it's big enough where you definitely don't need to. I didn't, but I just don't like it. Um, and hmm. I go back and forth with my posting, Brian, but lately I feel like I have committed all the way to posting pretty much everything. Yeah, it's like your default. Like you'll post unless it well, won't. Yeah, for, for a while I was back and forth and I'm like, you know what? I like to post. Then I'm like, no, I don't. Now I'm like, oh, absolutely posting. Hmm. And one reason why is that I feel like it kind of helps put a little bit more weight back on the pen so that I can be reminded to simply write with the weight of the pen and not press Hmm. that, Hmm. that extra weight on the back kind of like lets gravity do its thing and it puts weight on the pen so that I don't have to. And it kind of helps me remember drew just, just drag this thing across, across the paper. Yeah. And in doing that, I've become more and more impressed with the pens that I have that do write perfectly under their own weight, which this one mm. does. And yeah. I, I love I love it for that. And I love other pens that I have for that. It's kind of like a, a really exciting achievement when I see a pen do that. And it kind of bumps it up a couple points on my pen hierarchy uh, in my collection. So do you um, have like a, w- do you have like a limit for that? Because I'm thinking about pens like the Twisby 580 or the Viscani Homo sapiens, where it's like, it's a pretty long barrel and the cap adds a bit of weight. It posts up really high. So it like really back weights the pen. Mm-hmm. Do you find that it can go too far? And like, I have, I have some pens there? like that, but I don't own a Homo sapiens uh, lava pen. I own mm. an, I only own an acrylic one. So that cap isn't so bad. Okay. Right, right. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure I have a couple like that, but okay, maybe only like two or three. Most of them okay you know are, are so you're pretty side. pretty devoted poster then it sounds like and not only that but i it you know i i don't ever i don't want to have to look for my cap believe it or not my desk yeah. isn't always the cleanest thing in the world so uh i think you actually do a pretty good job drew coming oh really from, okay coming from someone who i not only have a messy desk i have multiple messy desks <laughs> from my from my shooting area here to my desk over in our front room, to my desk at work, which is actually like several desks connected, and the table in my office that's like the meeting table as well, that is also covered in stuff. I have like five, six different services that are covered in stuff. It's just <laughs> okay. Well, I'm talking to the right guy then. <laughs> yeah, I will make you look good, however messy <laughs> you think you are. Well, I will be, that's I, will that, be your I appreciate that. 
but posting it does, you know, I always know where it is. And the uh, if I do set the pen down just for a second, even if it's just a, you know, take a sip of coffee or something, my pen isn't going to roll away because the cap is there to stop yeah. it. I was expecting it to be a little bit more feedbacky than it was, being that Sailor is a little bit uh, more yeah, individual for feeling feeling graphite but it really was not. I've had no? S- no, I've had sailors that were more feedbacky than this. What ink did you have in it again? I, um, this was actually um, inked up when I got it at the show, and it was inked up okay. with a sailor cartridge of Yamadori from their Shikiori line. Okay. And it's I mean, like, that's like, it's not like a super lubricated ink, but it's pretty flowy ink. No, so no, can... it kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, Asagao a little bit, just a, like a deep blue, a yeah, yeah. little bit of okay. a navy going on here. Nice, it's but a good one. It's been it's been tremendously fun and cool. Um, yeah, and, and I uh, I cleaned out all my other pens, so I'm only I'm back down to I'm I'm obeying my rule again. This is now one of actually it's only one of two now. I only have two pens inked up now. Oh, good on you! I've I need cleaned, I, I need an ink for my third. <laughs> I've cleaned uh, zero pens, but I inked this one. So you know, do you even know how many pens you have inked up right now? No, not a clue. <laughs> Not a clue. In fact, the pen that I was going to recommend that we try for next week, I don't even know where it is. I have the box. Do you? Do I think you... I think I pulled it out somewhere. Again, I have five messy desk surfaces here. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Not only do I have a messy desk in our front room right now, but all of the crap that I had on the kitchen table that Rachel needed to move because we had to eat dinner. Um, she put there wasn't even room to put it on my desk, so she put it in front of my desk. So I can't even <laughs> like sit at a chair at my desk. It's pretty bad, you know. COVID life. It's just how, like, do you do you have do you know like ballpark how many pens you have inked up? Like, is it twenty? Is it fifty? Is it ten? It's, it's not crazy. It's probably in like the ten range. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's relatively under control at the moment. Okay. Um, but that said, if I actually cleaned up all my surfaces, I might find ten or twenty more that I <laughs> forgot about. So it's probably more in the thirty pen range. If I had to be honest, I'm going by a very poor memory right now. So, oh god, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? All right, right, so did you enjoy this experience, Drew? Did you find it helpful? Was it burdensome? I mean, do you want to do you want to try? No, it again? no, we should keep, it, keep going. it going. Yeah, we should keep it going. Okay, so I have a recommendation for next week. Truth be told, I did not look at anybody's comments, so I apologize if you made comments and we ignored them. We will pocket them and consider them for the future. But I thought since the Twisby Swipe recently came out, you did a first impression of it. I have it on my to-do list to do a more thorough review. Um, thought it would be good to get some experience with the swipe. It's kind of a different pen. A lot of people just bought them, so they also have experience, so they could kind of like play along. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to uh, do a swipe. So you feel like playing with a swipe for the next week? Yeah, we can swipe. Okay. Do you have one on hand? I believe we have one. We I think I think we have a black and a blue one sort of in the common area. Okay. I think I can well, snag we one. Will, I think you and I can try to maybe like use different nib sizes or something. Um, okay. and try and get some different experience. But Drew and I, well, I don't know what we have over here, but I'll let you know. We'll figure it out. I got at least, I have two. I just got to find my other one, <laughs> the one pen and then the blue one. <laughs> I think I inked, I think I inked it up where I showed it previously. It's probably, it's laying around here somewhere. I know it's around, but it's been a little crazy. Oh, I dropped a Rubik's cube. <laughs> I dropped barbecue on it's my okay. Rubik's cube. No, that's time I dropped the Rubik's cube on my barbecue. No, <laughs> I don't have barbecue on my floor. It's okay. <laughs> All right, let's move it along. So we're going to do the swipe. We'll pick the ink, whatever the heck ink we feel like, and we'll see how that goes. All right, let us know what you think in the comments because uh, this is kind of fun. 
It's kind and of fun if you to, have like, a swipe ready to go um, when this publishes mm. on uh, Friday, you yeah. can at least use it throughout the weekend and uh, join us again. Yeah, Don't... you can fling your converter across the room right along with us. There you go. Give us some swipe stories. what we did. All right. Cool. All right. Let's talk about a little bit of what's happening in our lives, Drew. What's happening, Brian? I'm going to tell you what's happening. Mm. I finished Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Woohoo! It was really Nerd. great. I love Nerd it. Nerd alert. I okay. use a different party than I normally do, you know, just try to, you know. So, no, it was excellent. <laughs> the nice. music was so good. A lot mm. of fun. And I think I might actually start the spiritual successor, Chrono Cross, which is for the PlayStation Uno. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. PS1. Okay. Wow. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm also still playing like two other games simultaneously. So um, mm. I had that day off on Monday and hey. I spent pretty much the whole day prepping for the halloween costume i'm going to be making my son this year last year i made him a mandalorian costume out of cardboard drew it's august i august the mandalorian costume last year brian took me like a month and a half so (laughs) i overcommit a little bit to these things if it if this were me i would be like you're wearing this costume for the next 15 years like if you if i spent a month and a half making a costume for my kids it would it would get used more well, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm planning for that. I'm, try, I'm going to try to make this thing so it can be used for a good long while. Um, okay. But I'm making it out of foam floor tiles. So I went to Harbor, mm. Fr- Harbor Freight and bought like a couple packs of those. Nice. Um, yeah, man. So we'll see. There might be some lighting involved in this costume. Lighting involved? Yes, there's going to be lighting. There's going to be some... Like lighting within the costume? Yes. Or like you're going to hold a flashlight to like give him you know i'm thinking like no i will be which style you know no i will be using leds and battery packs within the costume itself i think wow yeah wow we'll see we'll see it's ambitious yeah like this is now an electrical project this is not just like textiles here yeah yeah i know (laughs) i know there's there's all right that's that's the danger you know i i if, Mm. if if you're a fountain pen person you probably know what it's like to you know, be kind of curious about something and then all of a sudden realize that you've no. spent way too much money on it. And No, there is definitely not a pattern of collective obsession that's yeah. common throughout fountain pen community. Not at all. I don't know what you're talking so, about. So doing that, I'll let you know how that goes. And um, Awesome. And I've been working my way through every Marvel movie chronologically. So I am now seven wow. movies into all 24 films. So wow, getting okay. there. Okay. Yeah. That is commitment. I yes. probably couldn't name you four of them. Oh, sure you could. You can at least name four Ad- Avengers. I couldn't name you the like tagline. They don't need Infin- a- Infinity War. That's one of them. All right. There's one. Uh, Endgame. There you go. Is that one? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two more. I let you borrow one for like a year and you never watched it and you gave it back. Dude. Don't even remember. What was it? It was Iron Man. Iron Man. You don't remember me? I was was trying to go with Avengers. Avengers Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I never watched Iron Man. (laughs) I I would would like it. I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would. (laughs) I just like... Rachel, Rachel's not into it at all. So yeah. it's like, you know how it is. Like if, if your significant other is not into it 
and it's all like a whole like full long blockbuster movie like when am i going to carve like three hours of dedicated time by myself i would have to like schedule this would be a whole scheduled event with like coordination involved and that's just like not gonna happen my wife will um, watch them once and she'll like and be like this is cool you know but she does not want to watch them a second time like i do fair enough luckily she's she's doing a show right now so she's at rehearsals pretty much every night so i'm like okay there you i'm go. making some progress that's why you're playing multiple video games at once now. <laughs> yeah now it's making sense time. now it's making sense even me what's if happening I watch, uh what's like, happening with with brian goulet oh well uh you know going along the lines of things that like significant other doesn't want to watch i'm watching uh the netflix um formula one drive to survive which i was told is pretty good by my sister-in-law the, actually was that the documentary it's like a documentary it's like a show so it's like seasons and stuff it's not just oh, one okay. little documentary but it's a it's a it's not really a reality show but it's reality style documentary i guess of basically like what goes on behind the scenes of formula one which is pretty fascinating so I'm watching that because Rachel could not have any less interest in any part of that. So that's like something I put on while I'm like washing the dishes and I can watch it for like 10 minutes in spurts and it's fine. But like, I can't do that with like a whole movie. That's just too much. So that tends to be the shows that I watch that Rachel doesn't want to watch is stuff basically on my phone with like one earbud in that the kids can interrupt me and I can you know, yell something at Rachel from across the room. Just, <laughs> I can only have, but like superficial investment in whatever it is that I'm watching in that format. So anyway, um, but uh, so yeah, I did dismantle a carport and move that in the hot sun. That was hot. Um, got nice and crispy, nice and red faced because I forgot sunscreen. That was also terrible, but sweat like crazy. It was great. I actually do enjoy working outside. So that was kind of fun. Um, it's been very hot this week, 95 degree uh, Fahrenheit around here. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, Drew, but you know we don't live anywhere near a pool of any kind. Um, so my kids, if I don't want them to melt outside, we need to have some kind of a sprinkler or inflatable pool or something like that. My kids are also not small. So like the baby pool thing doesn't really work. So we have one of those inflatable like pools where you like inflate kind of like the edges of it and you fill it with water. But the thing is, they get holes all the time, and then it deflates and all that thing. So I'm basically having this epic battle with this inflatable pool, just trying to get it to survive till the end of the summer. And uh, Did I'm you buy losing. it this season? This is the second pool we've bought this season, because what? the first one also had leaks in it. Oh. It's just a losing battle. I mean, it's... Any little thing, any little rock or stick or anything like that just pokes holes in it. And then you got to try to patch it up and the patch doesn't mm. really hold. And the, if the inflation goes out, all the water falls out of the pool. And then I go to fill it, but the water is 66 degrees coming out of the tap. And the kids are like getting hypothermia, you know. So it like you need to you need the pool to survive like a good few hours so they, so they can jump in there. But then the whole thing like loses. It's this whole thing. So anyway, that's part of why I sweat so much because I'm like... Going out there in the morning, I'm like, okay, I got 10 minutes before our morning meeting. And then I'm like going out there trying to inflate the pool and fill it with water. And I come back in and I'm drenched in sweat because it's so humid. And I got to go out there throughout the day and check on it and this whole thing. So anyway, that's that's part of my life right now. Yeah, I I count myself (laughs) extraordinarily fortunate. We have uh, two very close friends who have a pool and we go over there and swim almost every Sunday. That's awesome. Very lucky. That's awesome. But this is nice because, like, Rachel and I can still be doing our thing, but the kids can, like, go outside. You know, it's nice to have something here. But, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, And then, uh, you know, just kid stuff. School's going to be starting soon. We're trying to coordinate carpools. Joseph 
just got his schedule. So he's starting middle school now and has like electives and the whole thing. So he's finding out like which class his friends have and all that kind of stuff. So that is a lot to coordinate and is no small degree of stress what with COVID and all these other things that are going on. So we're we're dealing with that, but we're getting through it. And uh, the last thing I wanted to share was that we did build Dom's charger. Oh, Lego Technic set, which is pretty sweet. That is cool. So had a lot of fun with that with the kids. You know, it's not like the most true to form thing, but it's pretty cool. So it's got, it's it's really cool. So it's got like, you know, I don't know if you can see, but it's got uh, the little chain that like spins here on the hood. You can open up the hood, oh. and you know, it's got like when you move it, like the pistons will move up and down as I the wheels that. move. That's so that's cool. cool. It's got steering, so it's got like a little wheel on top that you spin with the steering. Um, it's got doors that open with a little fire extinguisher here nice. and in the, in the trunk, it of course has your, um, Nos. night yep. Nos bottles. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. And it also has this little thing where you like push up on this little rod here and it's supposed to like make the thing stand up like a wheelie, but it doesn't hold it up. So I'm like, did I build this wrong or is it just not designed? Well, I don't know, but either way that's, it does a wheelie at the end of the first Fast and Furious. So I haven't shown my kids the whole Fast and Furious movie because they they're a little young. They don't quite get it. But I did show them the scene at the end of the first movie where they're drag racing to the train tracks and the whole thing. And uh, Joseph was like, yeah, he thought it was pretty cool. But Joseph and cool. Ellie both jumped in and helped me build this. So we're like, we had all three of us. And so I had to like really figure out, I was like, how the heck do we have all three of us building at the same time on this thing? Because we have like one set of instructions. So I like, I picked the pieces out of just the big massive, you know, pile of pieces. I let Ellie build whatever the few pieces were to go together. And then Joseph like attached it to the larger car. So we had a nice little, nice little, you know, assembly line going and it worked out pretty well. So they both got in on the action. It was a fun little family experience there. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Very cool. Cool. Well, um, that's what's happening. Yep. Don't have a whole lot of company updates, um, but we are going to be closing early on Friday, which by the time you're watching this may already have happened. So I realize it's not giving you much of a heads up, um, but we are closing early so that we can um, give our team some mental health time. So everybody's basically getting like an extra paid half day um, because, you know, things are just kind of stressful and this COVID thing's not going away. And so uh, we could all use that time. So that is going to be happening. So um, sorry if that negatively impacts you, but we're pretty good at keeping up, getting orders out the door and stuff like that right now. So um, you will still be in, in good shape there. Um, just have a couple hours there that we'll miss out on it. Brian, I need to ask you a question and I would like for you to answer it honestly. Okay. When we, when we take these half-day mental health days, yes. you, and Ra- you and Rachel do a good job on plugging? Generally speaking, yes. Good. Because, because part of the reason we did, because we used to like, you know, we, we talked about like, okay, do we just give everybody some extra time off and then they can take it what they need it kind of thing. But it's like, you know, certain people and like, we definitely feel this unless everybody like is off at the same time, basically your emails and slacks and everything is still coming in. So then you just feel like you're kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm still kind of need to be on call or whatever. And, but at least when we all take the time off, then we can all kind of unplug just like on the weekend. It's a lot easier to like not be paying attention to work. Even if we choose to work, it can be different things like sort of like my own projects or catching up on my own stuff. I don't need to be like accessible and having meetings and stuff like that. So yeah, it does actually even help uh, me and Rachel. Good. Though That's I may be, hear. though I may be painting 
part of the office on Friday afternoon. Um, oh. So, you know, because we, uh, we were trying to find a painter because we're trying to paint one of the offices and literally it's like late September to late October is the earliest time frame we can arrange a painter. And it's like, that's really far away. So we need to paint it sooner than that. So, you know, I have a paint sprayer and stuff like that. So I might go at it on Friday. So we'll see. But that's more like, to me, that doesn't really feel like work. That's more fun, even though it's kind of work. But still. It's definitely work. It's definitely work, but it'll be a couple hours and it's not a big deal. But anyway, cool. All right. All right. We wrapping up here? Um, no, we are going to talk what's about on your what's desk? on your desk. All right, what's on your desk, Drew? Brian. We do need to wrap, we do need to wrap up soon, though. We have a meeting in like a few minutes. <laughs> oh, we do. Um, <laughs> That's all right. I've, I've, got a, I've got a really cool pen that I've been wanting for a very, very long time. It is the brown diplomat <gasps> arrow. Mm. That's a nice like this. milk. That's like a milk chocolatey brown too. It that's like is, a nice light brown. It is. It's a very very nice brown. And listen. Mm, mm. Oh, that's oh, you delightful. Like, you like that click? I know you like that. Oh, click. The, who doesn't like this? Well, somebody doesn't. I'm sure. Well, I need I'm to just... have a sit down with that person. <laughs> so I'm very happy about this. It's been a pen I've wanted a long time, but it's not inked right now. I only have inked my 2021 special edition. Um, 1911 and my Prussian blue 580. So I need a brown ink for this. I was probably going to go with uh, some Noodlers because Noodlers has a bazillion good browns. So they're honestly they're Noodlers brown. They're straight up Noodlers brown is fantastic. But mm. you know I could do walnut. I could do beaver. I like both of those. So uh, I don't know. So many possibilities. And cool. then I uh, well actually I put this away. But I was, I did have a Twisby Eco on the desk because I uh, actually shot a video on that that I'll probably be uh, trying to get up next week we'll see about that but yeah that's it that's on my desk what about you um so for me i have not yet been to the office this week so most of the stuff on my desk is not on my desk at home but it's waiting for me next time i get in there um the diplomat e-locks so we did get a restock of those um because the initial batch we got just sold out real quick and uh so i'm excited about that to, to check that one out because i'm a big fan of the uh the arrow and that's very arrow-like um and then the preppy wah so that's like a one and done kind of thing where we have we have a bunch of them but once they're gone that's it so it's like a one-shot thing um so i just went ahead and kept for this is how it this is how it happens for me is like oh well you know it'd be good to have this for historical reference or to be able to show in the video or reference back to it or whatever so i should get one of every color and just keep it you know that kind of thing so here we are preppy wah but it's cheap end. So, um, yeah, I'm keeping the preppy was. So I've only seen pictures of them still. I haven't actually seen them in person yet. Again, because I'm working mostly remote. Um, but I have all those pens sitting there waiting for me in the office. So I'm excited to get to try them out when I get them. Then I'll ink nice. them all up and let them dry out and not clean them ever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won't do that. I know how preppy writes. I'm not going to ink them all up. But Elox, I might, though. That one's going to be cool. Yeah, you're going to like that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Ra- you've, hand- Ra- you've handled that one. Yeah, Rachel will not like it because of the texture. Well, yeah, she's she's pretty picky with texture. I can deal with texture. Maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out as soon as I go get the pen. All right. Awesome. All right. I do have a random fact as we close out here. I did want to show off my cool NASA shirt. You can't really see much of it, but it's really colorful and cool. Oh, you've got a you've got an astronaut there. I do have an astronaut. That is cool. uh, Thank you, Target, for this shirt. It was very cheap, um, but it still looks cool. So, um, and it's black, so it doesn't show how much I'm sweating right now, which I like. So my uh, fun fact is uh, NASA-related. Um, apparently, they use 
I did not research this one that thoroughly, but apparently they use 3D printers in space. And they basically, when they need uh, tools, they can like basically email the tools to the astronaut and they can like 3D print them in the space station. Um, as opposed to basically having to like ship them up on a rocket. So apparently it's a relatively recent thing that the technology has allowed us to have tools within hours as opposed to months probably. So thank you technology. I thought that was kind of neat. Great use for 3D printers, using tools in space. That is pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Can you 3D print a fountain pen in space though is the question. No, probably not because it's too many parts. (laughs) But anyway, kind of neat, thought that was fun, so. That's all we got for you this week. Hope y'all enjoy the remainder of your August, whatever that looks like for you. We will be back again next week, I think, right? We're yep. still doing this thing weekly. All right, we'll let you know how we think of the Twisby Swipe. We'll answer some more random questions. And I'll try not to sweat into a puddle. Um, but anyway, thanks for watching. <laughs>